We've now come to the eighth week of our series titled The Things That We Do. And so far, we've given our best attempt to help you understand why we do the various things we do each Lord's Day. I mean, we all want to know why we're doing the things that we do. Um, We all want to not fall into this pattern of doing things without understanding why we are doing them. So we've been giving you reasons for why we do uh, the specific things that we do during a worship service, Uh, from giving you the reasoning for gathering as a people of God. uh, We are commanded uh, to worship God each and every Lord's Day Sabbath, uh, to the importance of prayer and the public reading of Scripture, to our moral obligation and privilege we have to give our tithe and offering to Our Lord. Now, this evening, my assignment is to speak to you about why we worship God in song. Why do we worship God in song? According to the study group Gallup, 44% of Christians attend church because of the worship music. 44% of Christians attend church because of the worship music. That should startle many of you. It's no doubt that the worship music is one of the main reasons why many churches have large attenders. In fact, the style of music is one of the main reasons why many Christians stay or leave churches. I personally know of Christians who attend their church not for the preaching of God's word and not for the fellowshipping of the saints and not for the partaking of the Lord's Supper, but primarily because the worship music is, quote-unquote, so good. Many of you have attended churches where the time of worshiping God in song is less about glorifying God and more about having a spirit supernatural experience. In some churches across the world, the worship music is what divides the old from the youth. Because of the various styles of worship music, Churches have adopted to have two separate services. You might have heard of them. One that caters towards those who sing hymns and psalms. And the other catered toward those who sing, who like to sing more contemporary music. Music that have, you know, uh, a more bass to it and more drums to it and have a little bit more trumpets to it. And a choir team. And this divide over music has been with the church throughout history. I mean, music wars is not some new invention, but it's been with the church for centuries. There used to be debates over whether the congregation should be allowed to sing during a worship service. There were debates over whether musical instruments should be allowed during a worship service and what type of musical instruments should be allowed. There's debates over what type of songs should we sing. There's some who believe that we should only sing the Psalms. There's some who believe we should only stick to contemporary music. And also what type of, of style, what type of uh, style of music should the, uh, should we be singing in? Uh, Should we have a large orchestra band? Should we have, um, drums and, and things like that? All in all, there's been no shortage of ink spilled over this subject. But my assignment tonight is not to speak and answer uh, and critique all of these controversial and debates that's been handled over this subject. 
But my assignment tonight is to speak on the worship of God in song and how vital that is in the Christian's life, especially in the corporate gathering of the saints. Saints, there's a reason why we sing to God. There's a reason why we have four songs in which we sing to God. So this evening, saints, we want to consider the topic of worship music, and I want us to tackle this uh, teaching with two simple points. Number one, why do we sing? And number two, the benefits of singing. Number one, why do we sing? And number two, the benefits of singing. And you're going to hear this a lot, me saying worshiping God in song. Worshiping God in song. And the reason why I'm saying that rather than worshiping God is because to be more accurate and to be more theologically precise, worship is not just singing to God. So when someone's normally we have a tendency to say, yes, we want to go to and listen to church to listen to the preached word. And then we want to uh, have a time of worship as if the preaching and worship are two separate things. But worship is the entirety of what we do each Lord's day. So we worship God in prayer. We worship God in singing. We worship God in the preached word. Worship is not just singing. So you're going to be hearing me say uh, worship and song quite a bit. Okay. And that's just for you guys as well. So let's turn to our first point. And why do we sing? Friends, have you ever considered that question before? Uh, why do we sing during a worship service? Uh, is it because of tradition? Uh, is it because it makes us feel good? Is it because when we worship song, we have this supernatural experience in which we feel that we are somehow closer to God? Why do we worship God in song? Well, simply put, we sing songs to the Lord because Christ has commanded us to sing. We sing songs to the Lord because Christ has commanded us to sing. And in this point, I forgot to mention that there's going to be three sub points. So that's sub point number one. Why do we sing? Sub point number one, because God has commanded us to sing. We worship in God. We worship God in song because he has commanded us to worship him in song. And the Bible contains over 400 references to singing and 50 direct commands to sing. Psalms 69 or 96 verses one and two says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Psalm 46, 47, 6 says, sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. And if you look at Psalm 47, verse 6, when it says sing praises, those are with exclamation marks. Sing praises loudly. God doesn't simply tell us to praise him, but he tells us to sing his praises. He doesn't give us a suggestion, but he gives us a command to sing his praises. Romans 15, 11. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. That's all of you. And let all peoples praise him. Psalm 104, 33. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God. While I have my being after the institution of the Lord's Supper and Matthew 26, 30. 
It says, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Our Lord, after the institution of the Lord's Supper, sang a song with his disciples. After escaping from the Egyptians and crossing the Red Sea, the people of Israel sang a song to the Lord. Singing was a part of Israel's formal worship in both tabernacle and temple. The Psalms bear rich testimony that in joy and sorrow, in praise and lament, the faithful rose their voices in song to God. And saints, quick note, if you want, if you want to sing to our God, the Psalms is a very good place to start because it really is an expired hymn book. They're Psalms. So, uh, take that for what it's worth. Uh, music is a gift of God and part of the created order. Think about this. At the beginning of creation, Job 38, 7 tells us when the morning stars sang together and all the heavenly beings shouted for joy. Singing was at the, was at the beginning of creation. And at the consummation of all things, Revelation 5, 13 tells us, and I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. From beginning to the end, we are to sing to God. One theologian commenting on this verse said the universal chorus of creation, including the outermost circles, as well as the inner of saints and angels, winds up. The, uh, the doxology, the full accomplishment of this is to be when Christ takes his great power and reigns visibly. Saints, creation is musical and human music making participates in the music of creation and reflects the order, beauty and diversity of God's creation. Isaiah forty four twenty three says, shout for joy, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout joyfully, you lower parts of the earth. Break forth into a shout of joy, you mountains, O forest, and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob, and in Israel he shows forth his glory. What that means is creation itself sings of the glory of God. From the heavens, God commands that he should be praised. From the solar system to the earth, God commands that he is to be praised. And we, as God's image bearers, are to sing praises to God because he has commanded us to do so. Everything from heaven down to earth is to sing of God's glory. Saints, this is what we were created to do. We were created to praise and sing to God. And if you're not singing while the music is playing in our time of worship and song, then simply put, you're disobeying God. If you're not singing when it's time for us to worship Christ in song, then simply you're disobeying God. If you refuse to sing, then you are disobeying God. Our singing must not be contained or kept to ourselves. We must not keep our mouths closed when it's time to sing praises to our God. God commands us to sing, and we who live under his law must do so. Saints, Worship, worshiping God in song, and when it's time to worship God in song, 
God does not command us to close our eyes and lift our hands. But he commands us to sing to him. In fact, worshiping God the way he has commanded us to is not simply closing our eyes and lifting up our hands without singing to him. Now, you can close your eyes and worship your hands all you want, but it better be accompanied with singing. God has commanded us to sing. That is how we worship him. We are to sing his praises. So that's the first sub point. Why do we sing? Because God has commanded us to. Uh, second sub point. We sing, we are to sing because God is worthy of praise. We are to sing because God and God alone is worthy of praise. God is both subjectively and objectively worthy of our praise. He's, he's worthy both subjectively and objectively. Let me explain. God is objectively worthy of praise because he's God. Simple as that. He's worthy of praise because he is God. God is intrinsically worthy of praise, meaning that God didn't need to accomplish something or do something great in order for us to sing praises to our his name. We live in a world now where we worship people and praise people and glorify people in light of the great things that they have done. But in God's case, we worship him because he alone is God. He is creator. He is altogether all sufficient. He is most loving, most wise. He has been glorious to us. God just is worthy of praise. But God is also subjectively worthy of praise. God is also subjectively worthy of praise. The father sent his son to live, die and rise on the behalf of his people. The son executes the work that was given to him by the father and the spirit applies the work of the son to the elect of God. So it's not as if we worship God because he's God and he didn't do anything for us, but he did do something for us. He redeemed us and he saved us from our sins. What other motivation do you need to sing praises to our God? When we sing to God, we are praising him both for who he is and what he has done. When we sing praises to God, we are singing to him because he is worthy for who he is and for what he has done. Consider the words of Psalm 105, verse 1 through 5. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. We are to praise his name because for uh, we are to praise him for who he is. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Here we see we are to praise him for what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. We are to praise him for who he is. Tell of his wondrous works. We are to praise him for what he has done. Glory in his name, in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength and seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and judgments he uttered. Saints, our God commands to be praised because he is worthy of to be praised. He and he alone is worthy to be praised, to be sung to. And saints, the triune God whom we believe in 
is worthy of our worship apart from any deeds that he has done. I mean, if God never saved us from our sin, then he would still be worse worthy to be praised. If God didn't, if, if the father didn't send his son to redeem us, and if the, if the spirit didn't apply that redemption to us, then God would still be worthy of praise. But when we think about those wondrous deeds that God has done for us, then shouldn't that ignite our praise to him? Shouldn't that let a fire under us to worship him and, and, and worship him in song and praise? Shouldn't the fact that the father has loved you in eternity past and the son has rescued you from your sin and the Holy Spirit applying the work of redemption cause your emotions towards him to stir up and burst out in singing and rejoicing, not mumbling, but singing to him. And the songs we sing only help bring that truth more to light. We sing to God because first he's God and second, because he has saved us. Now, sub point number three, we sing to God with passion and emotion. We are to sing to God first because he's commanded it. Second, because he's worthy. And third, we are to sing with passion and emotion. Psalm 33, one through three says, sing for joy in the Lord. Sing for joy in the Lord. Oh, you righteous ones, praise is becoming to the upright. The psalmist tells us to sing with emotion and passion, sing with joy, with all of our might and soul, with all of our power and energy. Now, I don't think the psalmist means to sing so loud that you're a distraction or to sing in such a way that draws other people's attentions away from God. But sing with emotion and conviction. Sing, sing. When you sing, your words should should uh, should reflect what's already in the heart. And saints, that doesn't require you to be over the top. When we sing, we aren't just making noise. It's not as if they're just empty shells. But we are declaring to the world, and in a corporate worship, we are declaring to each other that God is worthy of praise. We are amening the worth of God when we sing and saying in song that God is worthy to be praised. And saints, during the time of worship and song, the words on the screens aren't just for us to just stare at. We aren't just to look at them and then ponder if we should sing them or not. We are to take those words, recite them with wholehearted conviction, with emotion and passion. We aren't just to stare at them, nor are we to wait until the song we like comes on so we can start singing. That's not what we are commanded to do. You shouldn't wait for the right song to come on so you can get into get in the mood to to glorify God and to worship him. You already should come into service, into a worship service, already committed to worshiping God, no matter what song is played. The music only enhances what's already in the heart. And the song is meant to elevate our minds and hearts to God. That is why we sing the hymns of old. Some of you think that, well, they might be outdated. And can we find something new? Can we find a better alternative? But, saints, there's deep theology in the hymns. 
There's profound theology in the hymns. But also, these hymns that we sing have stood the test of time. And the theology and the hymns help us engage our minds and emotions toward God in a way that God has revealed himself in his word. So, saints, we have no excuse. We have no excuse. We can't come up with the excuse of, I can't sing. Or we can't come up with the excuse of, I have a horrible voice. Or we can't come up with the excuse of, I don't want anyone to make fun of my voice. Saints, God gave us voices to sing his praises. That is why God has given you a voice to sing to him. And quite frankly, if you cannot sing, if you have a horrible voice, then shouldn't that motivate you to learn how to sing better? Is God not worthy of that? For you to to uh, want to sing better and, and, and glorify him in a way in which you feel that is better? Let us not guard against our emotion, saints. Let us not be afraid to be emotionally moved to sing passionately to the Lord. And many of us come from a word of faith and charismatic backgrounds. And the Reformed faith has been so misunderstood when it comes to emotions and feelings especially when it comes to worshiping God and praising God. Many of us who are newly reformed think that we should not show any emotion. But saints, that should be further from the truth. We are emotional people. We can't help not to be emotional. When you sit and watch a movie, you get emotional. When we watch a TV show, we get emotional. You know, when I play my Xbox, I get emotional. Those who listen to music get emotional over the lyrics in the song. God created us with emotion, saints. And if you're not appropriately emotionally moved to sing to God during the worship and song, then simply put, what type of God do you serve? If you're not emotionally moved to sing to God, then what type of God do you serve? Who do you believe in? I think Stephen Charnock says it best. He says, without the heart, it's not worship. It's a stage play. Without the heart, it's not worship. It's a stage play. Our hearts must be in what we sing. We must be emotionally moved in what we sing, regardless of the style of music. Regardless of it doesn't fit the type of music that we like to sing. What's more important is, what's the theology that the music is saying? Is the words on the song advancing my mind and heart to be moved more to praise and glorify God? That's what we should be worried about. And the songs we sing reflect what we believe about the Christian faith. One theologian said, a theology that cannot be sung is not worth having. A theology that's not, that cannot be sung is not worth having. Authentic Christian faith is not merely believed, nor is it merely acted upon. It is sung. It is sung with utter joy sometimes and uncontrollable tears sometimes, but it is sung. Saints, how much more should we sing to God because we are of the reformed faith? We believe the truth about God and how he has revealed himself in his word. 
we have a, a better license to sing wholeheartedly than charismatics and word of faith people with their overly emotional worship and song, with their loud drums and, and trumpets and with their choirs. How much more, guys, because of the theology that we hold on to, should we sing wholeheartedly to our God? So, saints, why do we sing? Because God commands us in his word that we are to do so, especially when we gather together for worship. We also sing because God is worthy of our singing, both in for who he is and for what he has done. And lastly, we sing with emotion and passion. We sing with with uh, the fullness of our hearts. So now let's consider the last and second point. What are the benefits of singing? What are the benefits of singing? What happens when we sing? What happens when we sing? Is there any benefits to our spiritual lives when we sing corporately to God? And many people, many Christians would say, of course there's benefits when we sing. There's a special connection There's a special supernatural connection that happens between you and God, that you get closer to God. I don't know what that means. And I don't think anyone that professes that actually knows what that means. But what benefits is there? Let's consider two verses. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But... Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Again, verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Colossians 3, verse 16 to 17 Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So what do we see in these two verse in these uh, two scriptures? In these two scriptures, Paul argues that one of the primary goals of what we call singing corporately, what we call singing uh, corporate in corporate worship, is to edify the whole church. What happens when we sing? What are the benefits? We edify the whole church. We edify each other. In the assembly, we should do all things in order to build one another up. We sing to address God, yes, but we also, we sing to teach and admonish one another. In a Sunday service, you could be tempted, saints, to think that singing is all about you and God. Many of us believe that. But that's how, that, and, and that's how the broader evangelical church thinks of, of corporately worshiping God in song, that it's just between me and God. Many believe that it's mainly about themselves and how they can get some emotional, spiritual high through the singing of songs. But, but saints, from these, from these two passages, it's clear that the singing is not just about you and God, but it's about you, God, and one another. It's about you, God, 
and one another. It's about your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, just as much as it is about you and God. Saints, the reason you should sing is not just to stir your own heart to God, but to stir other people's hearts to God as well. Mike Crosby writes, uh, one way the word dwells richly among us is in, is by our teaching and admonishing one another with songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Again, singing is a creational gift with formational effects. When people sing together, they literally unite their breath. They unite their words. You come to corporate worship on Sundays to be sung to, yes, but you come also to sing to others as well. Again, that is why we aren't to think that worshiping God in song is merely an isolated thing. If all we do when the music is playing is close our eyes and lift our hands and without the, the, the presence of singing, then we've turned corporate worship into an isolated thing. You've turned something that is meant to be for the whole church into yourselves. If we simply mumble what we are singing, then we've turned worshiping God in song into a selfish thing. Something that has no benefit to our brothers and sisters in Christ. That is why we must sing loudly with all of our hearts and souls and minds. Saints, we must remember that corporate worship is not our time of private worship. You can have your private worship on your own time, in your own house. But when it's when we meet together, we are to corporately worship God in song. We are to unite our voices together to make one voice. Paul doesn't say that we are to address ourselves in hymns and admonish ourselves in spiritual songs. But singing involves helping and teaching others. When we sing in corporate worship, we are reminding others of great spiritual truths as well as yourselves. Yes, we are addressing God, but but God, but Paul also sees us addressing one another as well. We are saying spiritual truths to help each other, to uplift each other, to build each other up. Our joining and singing is an act of mutual confession and affirmation. When we sing corporately, we are saying that we as a body believe these things together and we are praising God in light of these things together. Singing songs of praise to God is how we show unity within the body. And we also minister to one another by worshiping God in song. We make melody to the Lord while speaking and teaching one another. You might think that worshiping God is, is simply you singing, but you're actually teaching one another. You're helping one another. And like I said, we are edifying one another, which means that we are building one another up in the faith. We are helping each other through the singing of songs. We are helping improve each other's Christian life when we sing songs, when we sing hymns like it is well. We are helping each other build up strong faith in our Lord. And what he has done on our behalf. We are reminding each other as well as us. That in Christ our soul is well. When we sing a hymn like holy, holy, holy. We are teaching one another about the blessed trinity. We are reminding each other about the glorious triune God whom we serve. 
Saints, when we sing corporately, we are reminding each other of these great spiritual truths as well as others. Singing helps edify us. And this, and, and, and this is great and encouraging news for us. This is the great benefit of singing. Saints, we don't live in a perfect world, as many of you know. And many of us come to church after a hard and discouraging week, after a laborious week where we might have been battling with sin this, the, the entire week. Many of us come to church feeling so low that we have no ability to turn our attention to God with thanksgiving. Yet the singing of others and our own singing with them reminds us of the spiritual realities of what God has done. We come in low, we come in discouraged, but when we sing, there is no possible way that you could stay there feeling low and discouraged. There is no possible way that you can still feel uh, so disengaged and, and unmoved to sing to God. When you hear others, when you hear your brothers and sisters singing to God, it reminds us of our God and his promises. When we hear others sing, the words of each song help us say, I really do believe these things. And it reminds us that I really do confess them. And even if we don't perfectly believe in what we are singing, there are many times when I'm sure you sing a hymn, but you, you, you're disconnected from what you're actually singing. What you are singing is not, has not penetrated in your heart because of what you are going through. But when you sing, guys, you are saying that I want to believe what I'm singing. I want to believe what I'm singing. Even if we don't believe them perfectly, even if we don't like the song or the style in which the song is sung, when we sing by faith, we are trusting that God will soften our hearts into wholeheartedly believing everything that we are singing. As the Spirit works, the music helps us and our fellow neighbor Hope once again in the Lord and trust in who he is. As Paul says in Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. How do you let the word of Christ dwell within you richly? By singing to God. Spiritual songs is not just about making a melody. It's not about style preferences or personal tastes. It's about letting the word dwell richly within you. And singing is one way in which the word of Christ can be can implant itself on our souls and write its eternal truth on our hearts. And that's the one. And that's another reason why we sing uh, the hymns. That's another reason why our singing needs to be biblically based. If singing is a way that we let the word, the word uh, dwell richly within us, then what we sing must be word-centered. What we sing must be word-centered. It must have rich theology and doctrine ingrained in it. Again, another reason why we sing the hymns of old. And when we sing, we are helping building up our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And saints, that is why it's so important that we sing to God when it's time to sing to God. In closing, I hope you've seen that the time of worshiping God in song is so much bigger than you. 
It's so much bigger than you. It's about your fellow brothers and sister in Christ. I hope you've seen that singing is not about making a tune with no spiritual effects attached to it. But singing is a way in which we teach each other God's word. It's a way in which we edify one another. It's a way in which we help build each other up in the faith. By singing songs that reflect what God has revealed to us in his word. Saints, I hope you you also seen that we don't sing because of tradition or suggestion. But we sing because it has been commanded by God. We sing with all of our might and heart because our God is worthy to be praised. Our God is worthy of our lip service. And those who truly love God do not hold back their voices. Let's pray.